0: Introducing the first episode of the Burley Fisher Festival series, we're starting big with our Headline Poetry Showcase, featuring some of the UK's best poetic talent of today. In the podcast today are Anthony Natsgoru, Will Harris, Daisy LaFarge, Holly Pester, Nisha Ramire, Peter Scarpello and Stephanie Sakia. Enjoy everyone! That was a beautiful cadence to uh, play us in on. <laughs> Round of applause for Will Harris, Renaissance man. <laughs> Who knew? Um, welcome, welcome to uh, the last event in the BF Day 21. Five years. And that's like, it's just, today it's just been five years. It's, uh, <laughs> five years since we opened. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really fitting to close on a poetry event because it's been so central to... I don't know, what we did in the first three years at the shop and what we kind of hoped to bring to the fore. I say, t- tell it's been a long day, I've got no words left. Um, and we ha- having been unable to do any poetry events, really, for the last 18 months, yeah, to see so many people here, old friends of the shop, more recent friends of the shop, it's really, really moving. So um, thank you for being here. <laughs> um, Yeah, I also just want to say thank you to everyone, as I have been in every event, but it bears repeating, everyone from the De Beauvoir um, Association who uh, were raising money for um, De Beauvoir Welcomes Refugees today and yesterday. Everyone from St. Peter's who uh, has been unbelievably accommodating, particularly Julie and Debbie. Um, Yeah. And once more, I want to thank. So (laughs) they're going to start getting annoyed. But I think we need to have a whoop. So. Yeah. So, uh, actually, um, was the first event at Burley Fisher Books, (laughs) Uh, reading from their collection. O, well, brackets. O. Um, So yeah, it means a lot to me to be stood next to them now, closing this event and yeah, closing this festival. So. I just want to say thank you very much. Um, and I'm going to pass over. So so can thank all the people that I've forgotten.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I want to thank Sam Fisher, who said, what should we do for our fifth and a half birthday? Let's have a literary festival. And thus made the last six months of my life an absolute joy of speaking to publishers, writers, audience members, interpreters, volunteers, um, young people who are excited about being in a room thinking about reading and storytelling and poetry and buying books and reminded us why we ran a bookshop, because when you're doing it all online, it's really easy to forget that connection. So thank you all. Um, A friend of mine just said to me before we started this, this is what churches can be for now, this communion. So thank you all of you for being here. This festival wouldn't exist without an audience. And thank you to the poets and the publishers, because without you, the stage would be empty. Um, Thank you to our volunteers who have, yeah, yeah. Who have stepped in and smiled and helped all day. We couldn't have done this without you. Um, and thank you to Youssef Gujikian from Link Hearing, our BSL interpreter who has meant that more people can enjoy these events. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we will have uh, signing by the poets afterwards in the crypt. Not this kind of signing. The kind with a pen on their books, which you buy. If you already have them, they make excellent Christmas presents, especially when they're signed. And that seems like a fitting moment to introduce the editor who has brought many of these books into publication and has helped us arrange tonight's three-publisher showcase. So Rachel Allen, who will be helming this ship, uh, is the author of Kingdomland, which is also available for purchase, and is the co-author of numerous artist books, including Nights of Poor Sleep from Prototype, Almost One, Say Again from Slim Volume, and Green at an Angle from Kessel Barton. She was recently Anthony Burgess Fellow at the University of Manchester. I don't know whether that involved wearing a bowler hat and yeah, and is uh, the poetry editor for Granta and I went back to a review of Rachel's book, Kingdomland, by Helen Charman, um, because it said something that I think exemplifies the work that we're going to hear tonight. So Helen noted that Kingdomland, quote, articulates a fury that rallies against official gatekeeping and interpretation. And it's that important articulation, that new meaning making, in new forms, in new words, that we're gonna hear from all of the poets differently tonight. So without further ado, please welcome Rachel and our poets to the stage.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, This is such an amazing place to have poets do a reading. Um, I'm actually not gonna read tonight, I'm handing over to my betters. Um, my authors and the authors that I've collaborated with. Um, and I'm here to basically introduce the Burleigh Fisher Poetry Showcase in collaboration with Granta Poetry, which is me and my authors, Cypher Press and Ignota Books. My name is Rachel Allen, and I'm the Poetry Editor at Granta, and it's just been such a huge honor to collaborate with all of the poets that you're going to hear read this evening. Um, I made these postcards, which I'm like really excited about, that are all our book covers, and I think the first Four pews have them, so you can treat them as prayer cards in this space um, and read along, even though the poems are really short on the back. And if you don't have some, they'll be on the book table downstairs. Um, I'm going to introduce the readers this evening with a small line about their work, because I've been so involved with the poets that are reading. Um, And Anthony and I actually just wrote this up outside the pub earlier, so if it makes absolutely no sense, I do not apologize for that. Um, and I will read the intros in the order that the poets will read. So tonight we'll have Anthony Anaxaguru, Holly Pester, Nisha Ramaya, Peter Scalpello, Stephanie Sakia, and Will Harris. Anthony's essential and powered lyrics of merged histories and practices and lingual devotions create a brand new way of thinking through poetics. Holly's poems reach speak hold hug love disjunct sing sustain unite revolt i live in the crooked hopeful home of these poems Nisha's cosmological experimentations with etymological histories through wild syntactical visions make me see things brand new peter's starry lines of queer life raw beings, furious language maps, and unabated reality create sequences that chart the complication of hard romances, hard loving, and hopeful measures. The poetic compass of Stephanie's language rewrites ideas around geography, the atlas, space, and locales. It is liminality writ. It is a paean to loving language and loving people. And finally, Will Harris, who was our piano player this evening as well. His poems are tactile spaces where human beings' relationships, happenings, move upwards into hyper-real dream territory, filmic notes on life. They blur reality at the margins into poems and back out again. Daisy LaFarge uh, was going to be our seventh reader tonight, but unfortunately she couldn't make it. So I'm going to kick off the evening with a poem by her. It's one of my favorite poems in her book. It's called Mineral Intimacy, and it's just about hard love and dunes. So this is Mineral Intimacy by Daisy Lafarge, channeling her all the way from Glasgow. Unabashedly love the minerals of you. I always was a wind-fucked gull for the white cliffs, pressed hard and lithic between the lower elements of your lips. When you flay me with bracken, its lust is pre floriferous I used to sit awake in the beetling dark to watch your erosion till I stared so long that fickle hair fell deciduous round my shoulders. And when I looked away, my lashes were caught in your layers and tore clean off like the stripping of bark. Now part of me is filed in your endless strata and the wind combs hotly my naked eyes. So our first reader this evening will be Anthony. If you want to welcome Anthony up.
3: Thank you. I'm going to stand about here. This should be all right. Everyone hear me all right? It's good to be here. Um, I'm going to read poems from a book that's coming out next year. Um, I've never read these poems before, so I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel that they're safe in the church, maybe, Um, the holy province. Maybe this is a baptism. We can look at it as a baptism. I'm also trying to do this thing where I don't talk too much about the poems and just give them to you and hope for the best, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. So these are, we've got 10 minutes, I'm counting here, um, so I'm going to try and get through four poems and um, see how we go. So the book is called Heritage Aesthetics and it comes out next um, November. The first poem is called End Game. At the close of capitalism, catch me waving my big flag at the show. A haircut inspired by Bart's coinage, gusts of life. Senior ladies leaning out of windows, their imminent deaths a thing of the past. That's me in the corner, suffering conclusions. That's me itching to sing my killers to sleep, leaving them supine and horny in a retro spa. Altogether now, as if we were smuggling winter into Dartmoor, as if this were a collective effort to find the oath I buried inside an organ. The professor knows my mother thought to smother the hour I was born in. Forgive me, I'm reaching beyond the pabulum for a straw man to leave my plasma on, muscled colonies on saccharin, so saccharin I could die. Altogether now as if we were the history of a pale body tanning in unison. It's not life we want more of, it's beauty. These days you can watch the world soften in high definition. Watch a man fire into a crowd until the man becomes a government. My grandmother dug the last of her savings and went on to fill up her purse. The cicadas are screaming to know why I'm not pushing them away. Why their singular music moves into the point of vapour. The soloist dropped her golden plectrum down a drain. And the professor believes the future is undergoing its final autopsy. Isn't that why the highest grossing movies always contain some kind of high-speed chase? And why most conversations between strangers begin with the mention of weather, which in itself is a kind of light. All right, let's do, uh, this poem is called Squib. Move me back, I'm standing in front of the caption. I started life as dead currency. On the first week of spring, a voice on the radio suggested children form a taste for praise by frightening anxious birds. As an adult, I've been attending to myself in the finest forced leather, rocking the old days like a plucked proto meme. Like a subdued pleat, a misspelt aphorism in Neolithic ash. I finished a bestseller in one day, ways we should all be breathing. It proposed I forgive my past for its loss, my legs for their inconsistency. I'll sneak the leading probiotic into a chapel where six hooded men will be editing the bio of Christ. I'm lathering my skull, prepping my grin for the priest's sniper scope, which started out as liquid sand, relying solely on the glass blower's breath. These days... I'm all epigenetics and indignation, minarets and aniric miracles. I'm bending over backwards to kiss my trauma's forehead, all furrowed, as if it were my first son dreaming of being believed by the damp inside insider Gaiwan. The job of any parent is to prepare the world, is to prepare their children for a world without them. Fear is the only conclusive list. I remember the body mass index of each Byzantine saint. The mosque across the road looks so peaceful, so photogenic. I should really get dressed for the pageant. The K is out in force. Look, here comes another lockdown with its slow march and fibrility. A public address blunders into barrier tape. Since then, I've made it a habit to check the ingredients of my opening gambits, weaponizing certainty, the glittered spool of a life wound. What I like about these poems is no one really knows where they're going to end. And so when I actually finish, people are like, has he got another line that he's going to do? And you let the silence just be quite awkward for a second, but I really enjoy awkwardness. Um, It's good fun. So this is, um, yeah, I'll do this one. This is called Circuitry. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about it because it's getting weird. So I read a book about having uh, an anxiety condition and a neurodiversity, and this poem was very much inspired by some of the references that were made by the neuroscientists around having an anxiety-based condition. Uh, It's called Circuitry. By the end of April, I was trying my best not to spill any more electricity over my cortex, pacing the old Roman road, stockpiling litter trapped inside synapses, begging my brutal to go easy on me. The circle I want to be loved by looks like it's hemorrhaging cortisol, wetlands of blood sugar. Inside the fire, what you get is the fire, which is to say my left amygdala is too small. My mother's survival was too small. If experiences shape the brain's circuitry, then I learned to fear the father before the arachnid. I'm hauling my official deficit to the summit of the Trudos Mountains. I'll fantasize about setting colonial summer houses alight, using dendrites and neurons. I want so much gone, I'm terrified of moving up. All around the therapist's chair, I'm setting down my finery. He keeps asking about these intrusive thoughts, his pencil outlining three letters I'm now obsessed by. In the next life, I'll behead axons with a gold fountain pen. Write my name on thalamus glands with bad miso. Urchins in the belly for dinner. A mouth like a seahorse before dawn. I like where I live now. I'm just not big on the way I do it. I move quicker than before. Through my notebooks I write. Has the best already happened? Next door, they're making major plans to build a conservatory from Fortune. Life must colonize land. My earliest memory is throwing clumps of grey matter into the Mediterranean's basin, then waiting for something substantive to return. At the Vietnamese restaurant, behind a faded Bruegel painting, my friends look so beautiful in their simplicity, laughing at futures full of morning glory, dopamine immigrating from their polo necks, an archipelago of adrenaline withstanding the crush calling us in, spark by Gentle Spark. And the last one uh, I'll leave on uh, is called Futurist uh, Primer. Last night they broke into the confidence shop, leaving nothing but mirrors. The whole time I was, I was awake trying to fix my router. up. Today, I'm sipping Americanos in the outhouse with six interns, pontificating on the stoicism of lifeguards who grew up in rural England with all the prospects of a stationary outlet. In a few hours, a man will walk down a street in Birmingham to drive a knife into the chests of several people he's never heard laugh. Violence only teaches us how to keep returning to it. In real life, We share a third of our DNA with mushrooms. Some facts need to be written down before they're believed. My landlord spends his holiday on a Cumbrian field with his wife, who coincidentally happens to be my brother's landlord. There, they hold each other inside a small blue tent. After weeks of heavy rain, I imagine them lying on top of 100 million insects, which constitute the majority of the world's biomass. How their gorgeous, slow love-making might sound to a swarm of abstaining termites. A single ant roving the underworld with nothing but a crumb of honest soil. I think about the cost of living and how, for now, we're alive enough to fuck on top of the earth. Our bodies fecund with unripe cancer. In 40 years, my son will be updating his CV for a job that doesn't yet exist. I'll be sat like a bookmark at the kitchen table, stirring tea in an easy way, thinking about my dead mother and father and the days water was free. A soft-voiced lady with perfect posture will project onto the wall of my living room via a device fixed to the roof, hoping to sell me a brighter version of myself, saying something like, we have the future in your size. I'll decline, returning to the sofa, well, i remember the greengrocer, the joys of his old Instagram account, full of organic kale and dills and kombucha. Then before I do anything else, I'll think, the penis really does not age well.
4: Good. Um, it's so nice to be here and read with my uh, grander siblings and ignota cousins and other. Um, I'm going to read two short poems from Comic Timing and then um, one long new thing. This is called Tired. My mentor is advising me to advance my form by trimming the thoughts of a child to learn from their behavioral escape. I have her by the window. I'm taking notes. You blink a lot. Yes, I'm trying to invert this exchange. What else? The university. The wishbone in the corpus of my university. I am caught, not only leaning against the toilet wall, but facing the wall and spread against it. Susan asks if you're okay. Susan's trousers are very nice. She has to go. She has words swimming in her head. On the stairs, maybe you'll see Susan again. Compare the behavior of the voice in your head when it creates lists to when it creates clauses. Does it sound tired? This might be it registering content or it might be designing a thought to say something careerist. Sleeping bag. People buy a house. They think they are a family, but they are a car. They are a soft moan at night. The sleeping bag is a singlet. It is warm. The wearer feels vermi-formed and Soviet. Heat heats them like the circulation of rights to buy or to heat to the life of my life. It has a graph up the side, descending extremes. I'm lying inside the bag all the time. My watery eyes wet the fabric to a nylon slime when I peek at the sunrise through two tent doors. It might be a theater that's eccentric to the farmer. I, cute, survival, mime, artiste, scaled and speaking to nature as model, Coma. now everyone is intrepid and mars themed they think they are alive but they are in a campsite shop when it's over i want to see a production line of sleeping bags um i should read more from that but i'm i'm going to um stupidly read um This, which I don't know what it is yet, but it's going to be... I do know what it is. It's a long poem, a book-length poem about cafes. And so far, the title is Cafes of the Girly Afterlife. Maybe cafes are the crooked space of hope that Rachel mentioned. At the open mic night... I improvised the names of objects held in the nautical museum. Just stuff I'd noticed earlier that day, explore memorabilia like a telescope, a celestial globe, all while my hair smelt of beef soup from the cafe I'd been sat in all morning. Someone sang an aria over me. I'm not competitive for time, but when, what about this leather shoe worn by one of the crew that still has its stitching preserved and a matching cap, astronomical clocks, a cabinet of physics, but her pitch, as well as the smell of beef soup and pork dumplings, was distracting? please applaud something a little china doll or studies for a dolphin perhaps the days of the week personified in nudes there it was there it was the clapping that ends improvising so i found some buggers to be with art students and art administrators some old photographers but they were booing bogeys although nearer my age and wanted to tell me what i wanted they were still Jaunty from when they'd captured an effect earlier that decade. All together, we were a Taurus of had been scenes, and what I wanted was a sensational party time. The feeling of having been confined to my notes lay in the muscle of my company. I made strange comments. I'm ready to accept life and begin again as if. Uninflected by constantly customering little shops and cafes in preparation for guilt or controlling misfortune levels. I'm sick of getting sticky, drying out, too gungy again, drying out, gushing, you know? The boy looked at me funny. The music shut our ears, my ego flushed up. So what are you doing here? I flushed up. Fouled my answer. Welfare. Well, I'm developing expressionism for mothers. Let's get out of here. We set out. As a gang as accepting of fate as the art scene of the time which was chicken shit but bluffing actually just slackly held irony so slack as to be aggressive but some of the boys had an earring and they held my bag I wasn't going to entertain myself tonight I thought me and my diverse needs to poets know how to have a good time a question hot in the doorway where we hovered insulting the way in and delaying the fun for everyone who was to come a good lot of shoving the bar staff were huge and increasing there's too many of us the young artists were affronted but they know how not to know so they walked on in and they smuggled me along with their need in advance of mine good producers hooray we proofed sway Beatniks and Q. Just imagine the disco ball, but not who produced it, but what it means now. What does it mean now? It's the time of me to begin in the past of good times, you know? He looked at me, sad. Sway beneath the byguard and sway, we're losing everything. Can you imagine beauty dubbed over likewise beauty? Can you commit to its strategy as if in response to The music stopped for the cabaret. The first and only act was a painter in his 50s, with this as his opening line. His act was to have an elderly blues singer flown in from New Orleans to sing for him, while he sat on the stage watching with his hair down. He, the desirer and the needer and the producer. This is what artists wandering around, knowing about. At our table, a boy speaks with his whole camera, asking for sarcasm he wasn't going to get from me, demanding it, then doing it himself about the cabaret, then being rewarded for it. Here is a photo of him and Pluto. It's a flyer for his show. Success. Success that he asked for and his surname. His career, really, it's more like a hostage plot. And how's your night going? Oh, you wouldn't get anything like this where I live. There's nothing like that there. I have such an excellent time there and I'm having an excellent time now. I suddenly want to leave. I walked five minutes up a hill, down a side street called Digress. Then someone called my name, but no one knows me here. But they called my name again. Then, you're going the wrong way. I had no idea what to call back, how to reply. Okie dokie, the boy, the art student and I, I don't know what to call him or where to begin with his name. Shall I say, you'll be famous one day? And who are you? He caught up to me with my bag and repeated, you're going the wrong way. Your apartment is that way. My apartment, the one just sideways of modernism and near the buffet and not only that, the sea. And you found me by coincidence? No, I followed you. I just knew you'd go the wrong way. Do poets know the way? Some cropped t-shirt baggy jacket was he. I have reached and also I have read absurdity, so show me the right way. Passed him my bag and said, it's funny. You know, you're right. I had no idea where I was going. So we walked, legendary as hippies, past a lamppost, a few feet in gladness to find one small bar, more like a café. Keen by the night and its delay, it was the first café. Inside the crowd was locals of mixed ages and grandness, with some rich kids and poor kids, all riveted by the same rock song, positioning theory with music they were modifying saying cheers to the pill and their bursaries what do you think oh we haven't got anything like this where i live isn't it open all night not in my country everything closes and then forecloses and we don't notice we're too milky in you know attachment sapped we'd love more of each other but we're too grease and mopey mike kelly was really pretty i have no feelings in my legs A plate of scones is laid before me. Can I have these scones, I ask? Didn't you order them? The boy is reversing me to the table. But can I have them? Eat them. I want them. Then eat. That's not what I said. Nothing for it. Can I have them? What I mean? What do I mean? Deny me nothing. You're doing me nothing. Do not forgive me, remaining done with it all. I want them, eat them. The waitress comes over, thinking there's a problem with my order. Is this not what you ordered? Thigh thick forgiveness, yes, then I said. I want these scones. She paused, is paused, has a little pause, then good. I'm not saying what I think I'm saying. If I eat them, there's no trouble, but we'll never be here again. Eat them, dishonor that thought. Disclaimer, you're all over the phone. Screams at me, just eat what you ordered. That's not what I said, nor wanted to mean. They're on my knees, therefore, we need you to eat, or there'll be emphasis, unpaid wearing. You're doing me in, and I do. We want you to have this, too. We built you also on my knees. You're a complainer now. Not me, just contrasting things, extant needs they want to have hasn't even been taken into account. I have a plate of food and all you can do is say what I should command as a process. Of course I'm allowed to squirt sauce on them. Share yourself with me, said the boy. I'm so relaxed. You have to order yourself. It's a love you have to blur a little. But that's so brochure. I'm on your side. I'm on the floor under a spotlight. The kitchen staff have joined the waiting staff, other customers and the accordion player to implore me to eat. If I chew one mouthful for every one of my entertaining years, maybe that's enough. I will name the angels who taste my food for me. Walking into a cafe means I don't want the night to be over, but I want no part in its keeping. I believe there is enough life to pardon myself. I mistrust hanging over something. Worked. By the time I eat, it will be too late. Given up on symmetry, I remember food is stodgy. Enter cafe.
5: birthday, Burley Fisher. You are very wonderful. Um, I'm very happy to be communing with Cypher Press, with Granta and with all of you. Um, and thank you. Yusuf. So I'm going to read one sequence of three poems. They are, I think, weird grief poems or wails of longing. These Keen cuts for Laurel and for Tom and our journeying after the field. Put your hands together for this lullaby, baby, wake up. When the walls fell to applause, hands together, baby. When the walls fall in like sweetness does, hold to repel. What comes for you? Darkness, galumphing up the board or leaping blue notes. So many missed calls. Hold them back, then beg. Hold back now, sandbag the grush. Sugar ice your keen cuts. Glad it won't work. I hope you're feeling better i wish don't start time slip word gold tautology bounds waggly waggly thank you waggly waggly keeps us apart in wanting look at you your hands your looked at hands Walls never fail to fail, crush never break to break, gesture sacramental, long for lick supreme. Baby answer, I just want to tell you this, interpolations, no forked kiss, not even kisses at the bottom. It does not do to show up late, to glow up, your quiet or smile while stalled in dreams of soft doors, slice and lock, spit and ush for a heaven of letters without words, writing outside their downward logics for a squelch with love the way you do. Babies, noise bubbles, cross our outlines, our awkwardnesses. Whoopsie low tens we hear better underwater there's bad weather on the line puck runnel puck runnel can it be you that i hear please is it all right now what is it right now what i'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter and make you rainworm. you Rainworm, ooh, baby, let me sleep. Let me view you then, the coo of your grain, the tract of your voice messages, pulling sighs from the center, handling polycentric homes, words, dreams, bird songs, return to unbelief. You who whose faces effloresce in the field. I couldn't tell you what I saw in the country night, the way the stars and snails prattle, mercurious threads, intergalactic phone calls. It's astounding what love can do to a city, the sky a score of bellow, crunch, and parp, Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh, 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 ooh, lines of flight between constellations for spiders to reel. Who cries? Who cries? Who cries? Go mouth honor from basin to black hole animating bodies, chains, no changes. The way we connect our octopussy, lonely enchantments, our prefixes, to flinch, to bank, to clam. But even you, but even you talk shit too. When was the last deep breath, thaw, scaffolding, defenses, water falling? When was the last time you signed with your tongue, sad songs at the back of the throat, masking gag to break? Great. Bear unshreds, rolls out, yours right now, yours right now, right now, who's, who's, who's to sleep no more? These dreams burst through skin to touch the plover at the end of the world where the dew goes on shining. Where fucked-up poems rush to feel solemnity in the deep night. When I lose you, when I lose you, when I lose you, we rush. Because I will. Because we do. To shore, to shore, to shore. Don't disown those voices that will not be drowned. Say they're wrong. Say it. Hear the multitudes of marine worms. Here, woods move, sky, storm promises every instant at once. Ending time to firework, grief, far, 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 far. None can decipher, all can turn, take the past, because I'm in love with the future. Take the sky, take the sky. Heaving to see your faces, Crease, vegetable mold, oceans. Are you reading this? Are you there, there enough to read, read this? Marine worms fall from sky, yeah? Satiated beetles pull strings. Kids have blood, yeah? Belly jelly fights, you want to catch me? The boiling heart opens, the boils face is the sun you want to catch me fuck falling at the image and clawing your way back in you want to find me and view me yeah the sun god spits on you that's how you learn 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 see texture xylophonic each whirl a smack who's in the doorway Who's in the doorway? Worms, 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 stretch, time to surface, never. Baby bits fully committed to grow many arms, to farm many forests. It hurt, it hurt, baby go to hell with friends, dissect rain cloud, germinate sky. Pearls of bone drawn out their shells to rupture. Unity, no bodies to be found in the stars of the image. Comely ghosts, the apparition lies, makes golden what tempers indivisibly. What sputters, what hunts some of us, some of our us. Get it? Get it? Get it? Where we begin upheaval. The inside progresses, drying out some of your them. Without, out with without, out, out, fussy bridges to jumpstart, river chucks you back. Put your hands up to underworld. Fume pumpers dig in, very thick. We're not bad here. Hair feels softer, more instructive in the terrible cold and the flat Meant this goneness won't be glamorized, shimmy, shimmy, you know. Release, no, release, no peace outside these bloody plains, blue dominion, chained in by earthy strong breath, moodem, grisly beams of love, bowel lit, deep moo musk, unmaskable light, empty, strong kisses, cries harmonize, us, indigestible, beats here, feelable, here, here.
6: Peter Scalpello, I'm so excited to be here. Um, thank you so much to the organizers, to Burley Fisher, um, for having me on this lineup with incredible poets who I admire so much. Um, thank you to Yusuf, um, and thank you to, yeah, organizing this event in this lovely building. Um, if I don't burst into flames during reading these poems, it'll be a miracle, uh, so bear with me. I'm gonna read four poems from my first collection. It's coming out in February with Cypher Press, and it's called Limbic. Um, The first poem is When I Was in Two Bodies Halved. When I was in two bodies halved, insisting on life, I dressed myself up, like a wound as a bigger me older and more engendered than i am even now though then i of course defied age and sex my father's masculine was anger i first gauged as urges indulged to etch as cave person the letter s with a nondescript wrench made up of roughened integers so erasure shaped our liminal space and the inside of his testicles read cis. Let's say the impulse to deface already had infinite Rotational symmetry, it seems to surface in me today, screaming on Regent Street at the injustices of the world. My mother's feminine was doubt, I sensed in her primary colours and her Venus, which is the name of a razor I took to both eyebrows, though barely there, and now vanished, replaced them with love hearts, sky, sun, wine, but the security, I could literally inhale it. I was untarnished and fine. And when I looked back up, I was already here. When I was two people, doubled. Everything served, disappeared down my throat until the suburbs brought it all back up again with seven pints of revelation to ingest the sweat shoes and the unwell man you see all the time is you both cells unmarried and yet a replication as healing means to be repeatedly broken over again when fingertips were viscous and not yet yellowed the matter of us tasted so gorgeous are you coming with me or just merely going begin again when i was into thank you This next poem is called Eight Days. Returning to my mother's home, I discover she already knows I am a faggot since she overheard someone say it on the bus with evidence that I didn't want to sleep with a sex worker in Amsterdam. The same route by Stout River where from the window of a sports car shouts, poof, and to my left a man sings IRA into tobacco tins. Were the days spent coming down in bed could make up the years between us, and I am sick up things I didn't even know were inside me. Everybody in the pub is talking about their childhood and I have to go It's like being back in the PE changing rooms Except we're all adults and the world is burning. I am this person again Incompatible with another for suppressing the same potential and confronted with it anew at the culmination of a stranger's after-party. I have realised in reverse that she and I both were sad and confused at the same time just hadn't clocked our act of blurring from and for each other, that I took alone out on myself so that when the dust is swept away the brim is put back in the closet. Thank you. We'll get two more. This next one is called Blue Room, Fake Blue Veins. Brother, there's so much that I could never say to your face a mythic thing lately i've been pacing round the analog autumn neither of us existed in cuticleless kicking the same stone up and down the pavement outside tenement buildings out my mind on fortified wine and football scores to hide otherness The body, sexualized as male, resists arrest, sinks deeper into cerulean apology. Uranus reigns diamonds. Left home, rented a room spinning with mold. It almost turned me straight, woke up gay as ever on the revolving jail cell floor me and my not quite ninety days still flying from the night before the crowded urinal made a queer fight club of my positionality I become my maker in these jazzed falls staggered the hard shoulder length of a psychiatrist's waiting list needing for fluids or gender not to drown in en route to pluck all the hairs from this body and start from scratch the red light leans so adoringly on self-inflicted traffic and little wrecked childhoods everywhere I'm in love again sorry to romanticize private enterprise. But what is named can be felt, and if we do not take into ourselves, we wither anyway. I need new words to explain, the things I'm capable of with my shirt untucked, the things I'm capable of inalienably. I'd un it all if I could. My life, entirely, our own. Thank you. you. This is my last poem. Thank you so much again for coming, um, and I hope you enjoy your evening. This is Devil Works. In the reptilian, Squish of this horned skull, the faggotry I once neglected, and tangential victimhood I again entertain, coexist, distinct but sensorially linked. Science. Had I further bulldozed both, I could have been the gayest construction worker you ever laid eyes on, all YMCA looking and mid-breakdown. At any rate, I've landed on an alternate form of mimicry, evangelism, decked out like the bent great-grandson of Lucifer, crimson cherub in PVC, and knee-highs divorced from a creator I was groomed to love or be in love with, source of an endless eye-roll on behalf of the street preacher, his camp little megaphone calling for my eternal incineration. Religion, were I devilish enough i upon its unorthodox pedestal Sibilanting, archaic love and radical acceptance Praise the idiosyncrasy, a blessing The only kindling in hetero sight Graced by the foil of a nation's communal pipe Held safe by something at least I had the fire stomped out of me an eternity ago. It wasn't even biblicized. Like our survival, faith is leaving a pleasure, a pleasure path doused in question marks. Theology and natural order intersecting with prophetic desire. The devil works hard but queers work harder. Thank you.
7: Hello, can everyone hear me okay? Yes. Um, My name is Stephanie Sakia, it's pronounced like Sakia Starmer, This pronunciation guide is one of the best things about his leadership, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'll be reading from Amnion, which is out in just under three weeks. Um, I wrote this book because people would ask me where I was from. And I found it a very difficult question to answer. My father is Filipino, but grew up in Spain, sort of in semi-exile. And my mother is British, but my grandfather was a Catholic priest. Um, and so when they got married, they fled to Libya to keep a very low profile and then ended up living in West Germany. So when I say that my mother is British and my father is Filipino, it didn't feel true. And it was just a very frustrating question. So this is an attempt to reject the premise of the question. I think it is more interesting to ask who we come from and what we come from. I'm going to read from the beginning of the book and I don't think you need that much context, Um, but if you do, in February 1945, the Japanese army was retreating from Manila, um, fighting off the Americans, and it was some of the worst fighting, certainly in the Pacific theater of war, the Japanese would take. It was a street by street retreat and so they would take two Filipino men from every house that they went past and shoot them. And so, estimates of how many civilians died vary widely. Um, Oh, and um, so, uh, a dum-dum bullet is a kind of bullet that is designed to explode on impact. So, it's designed to make a a much bigger wound than a normal bullet. It's kind of semi-heavy artillery fire. Um, And lola is the word, the Filipino word for grandmother, or the Filipino term of address. In the under-discussed Massacre of Manila, February 1945, Faye was widowed in the two-for-one, street-by-street Japanese retreat. If we are to go back again, there were three sisters, great-great-aunts by names of Faye, Esperanza, and Caridad. At the creak of bootstep on the stair, Faye Bassinet snatched her sleeping baby and hid in a cupboard. Sure enough, in comes a soldier, and from the cupboard crack, Faye can see, he bassinet bayonets immediately. Esperanza became a vegan and a nun. Now she mothers superior and Carmelite near Loag. Shall I entertain you with the fetishism of a foreign name? My father, when a little boy, was taken to the visiting room, which latticed split, and asked, are you a bird? Because you are in a cage. Caridad was five years wed and childless an enigma to all invested. She sustained dum-dum fire in the same said Japanese retreat, caught in crossfire on the walk home from consoling the women of her family. Brother, father, men all rounded up, a soldier, sniper slain, and a radius drawn where he fell from which to take all the men to be found. Caridad's husband gesturing from a first floor window for her to stop, but she misread him, and he jumped as she fell in the street, a bullet expanding in her back. Luckily, her neighbor was an obstetrician and stitched her up face down between the stirrups, having only whiskey to clean what would become a fist-fit hollow in her back. He had time to see her uterus was retrograde, so he rectified, and Lola was born in March of 1946. Back again elsewhere. My other grandmother was born in Sheffield in 1927. Her mother was a red-headed singer with a rare name. Her father was a man who made reservoirs, splinting to support the necks of valleys, dismantling country houses to loose floods upon them. On the last day before the disappearance of Derwent House, he went in and it was almost bare, with only floorboards wide as cows made of 17th century oak. So he ripped those up too and made a coffee table. On drought days, you can still see mud prints of the great house. Sheffield being a place in arms in years of the war. Nana's homework was blared open each night between the ages of 12 and 18. Her father, the engineer, who was thought of as more value, slotted his car into the tracks of trams so as to drive in the dark for a deeper safety, and his wife and child led to shallower shelter. She went to Oxford in 1945. Her village pulled cloth rations so she could have a suit. She lived off crumpets with no butter. She lost her riding accent to the rounded vowels of the South. In that gold-inspired city, she dreamed that all the cyclists in their gowns turned to crows and lifted off the cobbled road, that she woke in the closed part of an upper E for an exam. She refers, offhand, to boyfriends in this period and smoking cigarettes, going to visit one, a stained glass craftsman. She loved to watch him work in the great smog. At 26, her parents died within six weeks of one another, a heart attack, a broken heart. She became a Catholic and went to Rome to study theology. She lived in a new build on a hill behind the Vatican. Perhaps she tried to become a nun. She wrote a book on Julian of Norwich and how God is actually the mother. She falls awkwardly into the binaries. She was not the fleeing pin-up girl that begins most buildings' roman. She was not the smooth-skinned Vaheen that I have just described for you in Lola, my other grandmother. Instead, she wanted a retranslation of the Gospel of Matthew because the word used of Jesus' mother in the Old Hebrew Bible is Alma, meaning only young woman, and the Greek Septuagint describes her as Parthenos, young holy woman with the implication of virgin. She wanted to sweep aside millennia worth of staggered mistranslations, She was a woman who believed that a great deal of harm had been done by peritects. One of this story's beginnings takes place in my grandmother's 40-year-old body, which was rare at the time. They met in Rome. He was a priest. They must have fucked because he was defrocked. The Angelus, the houses the colors of gelato. It was at the time of the Second Vatican Council. God could be in English. No one had prepared them for this rupture. They married and fled to Libya, and my grandmother cut up her winter coat to make a teddy bear, being pregnant. When he was dying, his Latin passed out of him like a spell, and he wept like one bereaved. Nana held his hand and rummaged in the husks of it. It is Angela Carter who writes in The Sedean Woman that an irony of the missionary position being so enshrined by a misogynistic church is that the man must approach the woman on his knees. He was cast out of its great frame. Did he still pray? I don't think anyone can say whether or not someone else is praying. My nana is in labour, but the road to the hospital in Misrata is some 200 kilometres from the village where my grandparents live. The road is rough and constantly being reclaimed by sand, and my grandfather is driving carefully. She is in labour for a long time, and the hospital does not have pain medication. When the baby is born, it does not breathe. The doctor swings it by its ankles, and finally it sneezes. My grandfather and my grandmother drive home and all the while my grandmother has the baby on her lap. As the sun rises, she shields my mother from it with her hands. Her baby is the length of her hands. How am I doing for time, Holly? Five minutes. Thank
5: you.
7: <clears throat> uh, Right. And then I don't think you need any context for this, other than that um, I went to boarding school in Kent, and it was a slightly horrible experience. Um. <clears throat> in the run of evenings, the flatline pallid blue shaded to plum, the cathedral kept thrusting up, centripetal, unrenounced. I am English in lessened. We are being taught the flea. This flea is you and I, and this our marriage bed. We are met and cloistered in these living walls of jet. I think of a bed, one of those little beds, short and tight in stately homes, thick curtained against the cold. This seemed to me at the time of my buttressing in pinstripes to be something rich and strange I wished to know. Buttress, noun, a structure of stone or brick built against a wall to strengthen or support it. Buttress, verb increase the strength or justification for, reinforce. In the great age of cathedrals, flying buttresses were instated to counteract the lateral forces of high walls and naves, which would seek to burst open. They were like ribs. A universe so newly heliocentric, how afraid he must have been. There is a word that appears only six times in our language, banhus, meaning bonehouse. This is called a kenning, a word only 150 years old. It comes from the old Norse kenner, to know, to perceive. If I were to ask my mother, she would say that the German kennen is for knowledge that is already within, and wissen is for knowledge that enters. Ken is excused of empiricism. In old English scholarship, a kenning is a compound word, but a purposefully poetic one. It is a metaphor compressed. Thus, a bone house is a body. A house made of bones is like a great hall in the time before cathedrals, beam-ribbed. My body is a hole on a hill in the dark. Give me a life of bleeding on your behalf. Um, OK, now I'm a bit confused about where I've put my poster. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Have I run out of time now? No? Okay. Um, (laughs) I had teachers who nudged me towards the open hungry vowels of the marrow cracking class and led me to literature, which was a great fridge in the middle of the night and I was starving, 16 and straining in my pinstripes. Here I feel compelled to interject that I had a school uniform. I was not a 16 year old who strolled around in pinstripe suits. So I came to text and those who have been appointed to tell us what they mean. I sympathized with those spined creatures we split open on desks, discerning their dispossessed. Jesus was in everything, a bore. Then there was, rest your human head, my love. How often I would think of that in the gray half heart of a Wednesday dawning. At events, I was made to stand installed in a sundress and smilingly scoop up clotted cream to fathers who wore no wedding rings. Assembly in the flat midweek of, sorry. Uh, Oh, I should say, actually, that this has some lines of Old English in it, which I had to study at university. And um, so as to make the study of Old English bearable, I would read it aloud to myself in a kind of made-up accent. So I'm probably going to butcher it, but please forgive me. Assembly in the flat midwinter bleak of Kent. We are all ensconced in rows. Eve, begins the professor, who is American and says, what, like, as later I would learn, the first line of Beowulf, should be taken as a role model. What, we Gardena in Gerdagum. So begins the first story in our language. Listen, we the Spear Danes in Days of Yore, but it sounds like we of the garden who asked what and why because she dared to seize the unknown. Thanet, the landing of Brutus and also glass houses for growing tomatoes. Geography, Whitstable, St. Augustine and oysters in months with an R. Margate, T.S. Eliot connecting nothing with his broken fingernails. We of the garden in the days of yore, listen. Eve was the first intellectual. He said this in the cathedral school at Canterbury. He was never asked to speak again. Later, paradise lost. The word for knowledge and the word for taste have the same root, says the woman in blue boots. To taste is to know. To taste is to know, and to know biblically is to consume ate. Like savoir and savoure, to know and to take pleasure in tasting, homo sapiens, man of knowledge, Knowing man, I wanted to know a man. There is a pull in my thighs, like a tide. Thank you very much.
0: Hello.
8: Um, there's an after-party at the Haggerston, which I've been told to remind people of. Um, apparently there are, there are DJs. Uh, it's, like not, it's not just like we're going to the Haggerston, it's the like actual after-party. Um, and yeah, I just um, thank you. Yeah, everyone, it was really amazing to hear everyone and to be, yeah, reading here. And I feel really grateful to Yusuf, thank you, who's gone like above and beyond. I mean, I feel like... This is like <laughs> you have has been here all day doing this. This is like you must have burned so many calories. I like, can't even imagine. I like, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's really incredible. And yeah, I just wanna thank uh, Sam and So and Burley Fisher. I feel like it's been really important to me as a place. It was like I don't I didn't think I knew it before, but like it was where my like little pamphlet we had a launch party there and I didn't realise it was gonna be not just a shop, but like a source of so many friendships and relationships. And I know, I'm sure it's like the case for everyone here. It's like more than a, you know, it's more than a shop. It's a group of, yeah, it's like a, a set of friendships, and that's really nice uh, to celebrate it. And I'm, yeah. So we can head to the body, I'm just going to read one poem very quickly, and it's uh, the. The first poem from this new... <laughs> it's a short poem, though. I swear. I swear. I'm cool. I just wait to hear what I'm going to be... Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I thought You just, like, inhaled quite... I was like... Whew. One poem... One poem... <coughs> part one. <laughs> um, it's called Big Loom. And, yeah, it's the first poem from this new project I've been working on. And it. I wrote it... Uh, I was doing this, maybe the only thing to know is I was doing this project, I was after Brexit day and I was kind of sad and I was doing this thing where I'd like chant as I was falling asleep and record myself on my phone and then try and type it up in the morning, Uh, which I would recommend trying. (laughs) Everyone, everyone here, if you all try that, produce a whole new school of poetry. Maybe, maybe, okay. Big Loom. In June, outrageous stood the flagons on the pavement, which extended to the river, where we spoke of everything, except the fear that would, when habit ended, be depended on. The fear of darkness as the fear of darkness never-ending. And to hell with it, you said. Why not? Let's buy a slobbery and dirty farm in Albion. What country is this? There was the big loom we little mice were born to tarry in. Our patter made the bad things better. Oh, we sang against the light as we sang against the battens. Cold that June and misshapen, the river mind and all else matter, I called you. Where are you? It's getting dark. But these being statements, they ran away away. Before i could say hummock coastline theft this is where we used to speak of everything i need one more hour please one more hour my affordable memories sold i hung my phone from the highest flagpole and kissed the face of england once discreetly though it wasn't you and neither was the mist wherefrom, in dingle darkness buzzed a single notification. Call me when you get this. And see, I'm calling now, whether or not this is now or in time. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And thank you to all of the poets. It was absolutely fantastic.